And so there's no such thing as a best time because what it's going to do, if your content gets through the critical things about getting traction, then what it does, it lets your content live in your in people's feeds for up to seven days so it starts to serve your content to those people at a time they are normally active on linkedin so it's not about when you post it's about when your audience is is active the simple reality and thing that people should sort of take a lot of comfort in is there's no such thing as a best day or time what it is is how much traction your content gets in the first two hours so the best time is to post when you have a good audience. Welcome to the Influence by Design podcast. I'm Samantha Riley, authority positioning strategist for coaches and experts. If you're ready to build a business that gives you more than just a caffeine addiction and you dream of making more money, having more time and having the freedom to be living your best life, then you're in the right place. It's time to level up. Welcome to the show, Adam. It's great to have you joining us here today. And I'm really looking forward to talking about, you know, how we can use LinkedIn to become more influential and prominent in our industry. Equally for me, Sam, great to be here with you and it's my favorite topic to talk about. So we're, uh, we're in for a good, uh, a good time, I think. Well, that's lucky then, isn't it? <laughs> I want to ask, like, just go straight to the elephant in the room. Why do some people get traction on LinkedIn? And most people struggle because that's what I hear about LinkedIn. And I want to go straight there. It's a great question, isn't it? And the reason is actually really simple. The people who get that great traction that you're talking about, generally speaking, understand how their algorithms work. And if you know, you could create the best content in the world and if nobody's seeing it, then it's a hard road. Mm-hmm. Someone who, and you'd, you'd normally think that oh, those people have just been doing this a long time. They've worked it out that you know, LinkedIn's kind of uh, loving their content and they've got a big following and everything like that. The reality is if you know what you're doing, which most people don't, which is why they come to us, is that you, somebody that has almost no following, has never shared content before, has never really done anything. If they implement the process the right way from the get-go, they can get equally as much traction as anyone else in very quick time. But it all comes down to process and understanding, you know, essentially how the algorithms are going to treat your profile and also your content. Mm. Well, let's start with profile first, because you need to have a profile before you can create the content anyway. What do we need to know about creating a profile that really positions us as the leader in our industry? Yeah, great question again. And clearly, yeah, there's a difference between almost anybody can have a profile that looks presentable and professional. Clearly, mm-hmm. that's at, at a minimum is a necessity. However, there is certain parts of your profile that uh, LinkedIn's using to, you know, position, show what LinkedIn wants to do is understand who you are and what you're about and who you serve so that they can show you and your profile to the right people. And I'm sure you, you've seen those notifications mm. where they're saying, so we kind of recommend that, you know, you maybe look at these people uh, you know, to connect with. And yep. what you probably find initially is that they're quite random. You're like, you'll look at them and go, hmm, yeah, I don't know why they'd suggest I connect with that person. We, we have nothing in common or I can't help them or they can't help me or, or whatever it is. But when you get this process mm-hmm. right, then they start to get very, very adept at showing you to the right type of people. That's the key thing is the difference between a good looking profile and one that's optimized correctly so that LinkedIn's, I'm going to keep just saying algorithm because people understand it and you know, what it really is, is yeah, bots yeah. and things that are you know, looking at your 
they're not real people. It's the way that LinkedIn's you know internal systems determine what they do with your profile and what you want them to do is be showing your profile to you know the right type of people. So the first thing you got to understand, Sam, is or people have to understand is, and it's often the first question I ask people, and often people can't answer it clearly, is who do you want to be showing up in front of? And mm. if you don't know that, then the chances of LinkedIn knowing that are you know are practically zero. Pretty slim. <laughs> you got to be yeah. very clear on you know, and again the you know the term we all kind of know is avatar, but avatar is very different on LinkedIn to mm-hmm. you know. And often when I say to people, you know, I use that term. Perfect example. I had this conversation hosting a live event in Perth last week, and someone in the audience and I said, "Oh, you want to mm-hmm. you know, share with us what your avatar is." And they're, oh, they're really excited because they've done all that work that you know, we've often seen, which is, yeah, look, his name's Jason and he's 32 years old and he drives a white Toyota Camry and 2.3 kids yeah. and all that stuff. And I go, 2.3 oh, awesome. kids and a picket fence. Show me how fence. you target that on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. And he said, oh, well, I no idea. That's why I'm here at your event. And I said, yeah, exactly right. That's not how you put it avatar together on LinkedIn. So the number one thing is before you start to optimize a profile, if you want to get access to what a tool called Sales Navigator, and Sales Navigator is not free. It's mm-hmm. a paid uh, MEMS subscription to LinkedIn. However, they will give you, if you've never used it before, they will give you a month free trial. So even if you just use it to to do what I'm going to share, mm-hmm. just get the free month and do it. And you look at all the filters that they have available, which is like the size of the companies, like locations, uh, what's their job roles, what industries are they in, how active they've been you know, on LinkedIn, all these different sort of filters is what they're called. That's how you actually build an avatar on LinkedIn. So you've got to be able to say, look, you know, I know that the, you know, my target market are in these locations. You know, now, for some of us that it might be global. It mm-hmm. might be that you know, you know we've got clients who you know can only service a market within a fifty kilometer radius of a CBD location in multiple different you know places around the world. So it allows you to be very granular, or it allows you to be very wide. Another example, often I'll say to people, you know, what size companies you work? I work with everybody. <laughs> I can work with anyone. <laughs> How often do we hear no, that? I, I can help everybody everyone. with anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, oh, okay, so. That means that you you have a solution for solopreneurs right up to the CEOs of ten thousand plus team member companies. Oh, maybe I probably no, I probably couldn't do that. And I go no, that, and nobody could, and because it, the other thing, of course, is the languaging you you're using is going to be very different to if your market is those solopreneurs than if it was the the opposite. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine then how you start to craft the wording of you know, your profile. You can't serve all markets on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's very very much about niching down. Very mm-hmm. the harder you can niche down, the better the outcome you can create. So yeah, you have got to make a decision. Who is it you serve? Even for us, I mean, when you you have a look at those filters on LinkedIn, just even around company sizes, the sweet spot for us is you know, companies you know around the one to 10, 11 to fifty size team members, and we filter out all the other stuff around that mm-hmm. because then it allows us to create the languaging of of how we you know present ourselves that suits that style market. Now that's not to say we don't have clients who do serve you know those major companies and, and clients who are solo operators, but we niche our marketing on LinkedIn to just that, you know, that sort of that uh, band. area. That band, yeah. Yeah. So sales navigators, it's also your biggest friend in lead generation later on, but at the moment we're just talking about, you know, 
profile. So the key thing is yeah, to really understand, to start with who your target market is and optimize your profile around that. The second thing that's super and critical is leads. And as you can, you'll probably see everything leads into the next part. So this is why you have to really have a, a holistic view of everything to even understand each individual part. The second part is you've got to know what the content you're going to be creating is and what the subject matter of those that content's going to be because there's certain parts on your profile and it's a very, very specific tool that everybody has access to, even if they're on a free account, that is critical to the your outcome called creator mode. And if you're not using creator mode, then you're pretty much going to be invisible on LinkedIn. All of the new tools and features that LinkedIn are building in the future are all designed around creator mode. Mm-hmm. And clearly by you know default of its name, creator, it's all about content creation. And what creator mode does is allows you to have up to five topics that you're going to talk about. And those five topics have to be visible on your profile under the creator mode section mm-hmm. and then of course your content has to stay true to those five topics so again you you know you've got to kind of do a bit of homework before you start putting your profile together and this is what i mean by algorithm alignment linkedin's looking at you know creator mode and these what they call skills there's a lot of uh, conjecture around what's the point of the skill a lot of people mm-hmm, turn mm-hmm. them off worst thing you possibly do is turn those off you, you have to have them on and you can have up to 50 and then so people tend to go down the rabbit hole of is oh, i have to have all 50 on there you don't but you have to have at least five and You've got to be not thinking them like a skill, like, you know, I'm very skilled in graphic design, as an example, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a skill. What you really got to look at them is, is what's the content you're going to create? What's the subject matter you're going to talk about? Uh, So they need to be aligned? Correct. Yeah. At least your top five. The Mm -hmm. rest not so important, but you've got to have five key skills that you can, you know, expertly talk about in your content. Mm-hmm. I love that. And the creator mode, that's just flicking a switch for essentially, isn't it? Somewhere on your profile, super easy to find if, if someone's listening and they want to do this or check that it's done, super easy to Google it and just... Yeah. So literally, as long as you're logged into your profile, you'll have a section in the middle of your profile that only you can see. Like if I'm looking at your profile, I wouldn't see it because you can only see it as the admin and it's called the dashboard. Very, very clear. You can't miss it. And the very first thing on there will say creator mode and probably off clearly what you got to tick is the toggle that goes off to on but mm-hmm. as soon as you do that it's going to ask you to enter those five subjects that you're going to be talking about so you want to know those before you go and activate that mm-hmm. so get clear on avatar get really clear on what those skills are what about the headline how much does that play into how much your profile seen yeah so you know it used to be the the most critical thing as far as you'll see a lot of profiles that are a sort of and look back in the day we were telling people to do it so they're not putting people down for doing it it's just outdated now where they'd have like almost like seo like yeah their profile and instead of being a flowing sentence it would say podcast host author ceo you know all these search all, terms, all the keywords, keywords yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so now it's actually looking more in the bottom section below that which is the creator mode for those type of things so best way I would advise people to use that professional headline is to talk about the outcomes that people get when they work with you. Because that's, to Mm. be honest, that's what people want to know. Like if Mm -hmm. they're going to take a next step with you and there's multiple ways they can do that, they want to know what's in it for them. They don't really 
care that you're an international keynote speaker or mm-hmm. you're a published author or they're all good things and they all have their place you know, on your profile. But in your professional headlines, talk about the outcomes, like mm. our clients achieve, you know, whatever it is. And if you can, you know, this is a guideline, not a rule, but if you can put it like a time stamp on that, so you can say our clients achieve X within 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, you know, whatever it is, on ours, it's we say 90 days. Now, what I would preface on this one is if it's more than 90 days, I probably wouldn't say, I wouldn't highlight that. Mm -hmm. If you do create an outcome that a tangible, measurable outcome in a seven days, 30 days, 60 days or 90 days, put that there because that's a really powerful positioning thing that people know, hey, if I work with Sam, I'm going to get this outcome in X amount of days. Wow, okay, that's what I want. So they're more likely to take that next step with you. Hmm. So we've got the headline, then we've got an about section that sits under that. I've heard lots of different ways to position this or write this. Now, you're very much about helping people to become prominent and influential in their industry. How much weight or, you know, what sort of content do we put in that about section? So you, the maximum you can put, so everything works in character counts, not word counts on LinkedIn. So the maximum that you can put into the about section is 2,600 characters. Mm-hmm. And I would I would suggest you use as much of that as you possibly can. Now, when you activate creator mode, your about section actually comes even further down your profile. So you know, if somebody is going to go and read that section, then they're really, really interested in what you do. So mm-hmm. give them as much information as you can possibly give them. Now, one of the big mistakes I see people make is they'll put their website or call me on this number or here's my email, email me here or whatever. You can't hyperlink anything in your about section. So what you really want to do is just really outline what the framework we always say is tell people about the three problems that you know people in that particular industry have mm-hmm. and how you how you solve those three problems mm-hmm. and then a bit of positioning you know a bit about yourself and then a call to action what do you want people to do next so generally speaking what you want them to do next to follow or connect with you on LinkedIn so I'd always put a call to action at the end that talks about hey you know connect with me or follow me or you know depending on if you're using creator mode you know connecting with people takes an extra step if that makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. and it's, I think mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons why people often don't actually activate creator mode because the connect button changes to a follow tab now people can go to the more tab and you know open it up and connect but most of the emphasis that linkedin is putting now is used to be you know to get good content traction it was all about how many connections you had Mm -hmm. it's no longer like that so someone with you know, now there is a minimum, which is 500. Mm-hmm. If you've got less than 500 connections, you do need to get past 500 as quickly as you possibly can, because you get much higher visibility on the platform once you go to 500 plus. So that's always a, the first test. But the key thing is that content traction is now relevant to how how true you stay to the creator mode sort of process, which is only talking about the subject matter that you put of those five you know, keywords. Mm, that makes sense. I was always wondering why I had the follow rather than the connect. I actually hadn't known that. So, you know, we've created our profile, we've activated creator mode. Let's talk about content because you mentioned that people, you know, can get really great traction on LinkedIn with their content. I also, and, you know, seeing that it's really difficult to get traction with publishing content on LinkedIn more than other platforms. 
Can you talk to us about how we actually, you know, get our content seen? Because I speak to so many people that say, oh, you know, I put all of this work into creating amazing content and then two people like it and you're like, well, what's the point? And I've got to agree, that's a lot of work for not very much traction, you know, and leverage is our biggest friend. That's exactly right. So the first thing is this is where you have to have a little bit of understanding of how the algorithms work. And so the, the first thing is there's an algorithm that is well known called dwell time. Now, what dwell time is, it's the way that we people don't sort of wake up in the morning and go, oh, I'm going to go and check out what Adam's <laughs> check, shared on LinkedIn this week and go to my profile. Right. What they, <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people do that, uh -huh. but then 99% of people really just go to their feed and see, you know, what's coming up, just like we do on every other Have a platform. bit of a scroll. Have a bit of a scroll. That's exactly it. And so what dwell time is, is it's measuring how you do that. So when you're scrolling through your feed, it knows that you're just scrolling past stuff. And then it knows when you kind of stop and say, say someone stopped on my piece of content. Now they may stop for a second. And as you, you're probably aware, when you write content for LinkedIn, it's truncated, meaning that you can really only see the first one or two sentences mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it says, see more. Yep. So absolutely, you know, marketing 101 is that first sentence has to be super catchy, not clickbaity mm -hmm. because LinkedIn hates that, but you know, it has to really stop the scroll. That's what it is. So dwell times measuring when you stop that scroll. So you might have a really good catchy first one or two sentences. And then the point being that people might see that, read it, and then move on. So LinkedIn's no dwell time knows that you've read it, but you've moved on. Mm. Can we just dive into that a little bit deeper? Because you said that LinkedIn doesn't like it to be clickbaity, but we want people to stop. Can you give us an idea of what would be clickbaity and something that's going to have people click the see more, just some sort of example so that we can understand the difference? Yeah, so clickbait is really where that line doesn't align with the rest of the content. Mm -hmm. So it might trick people into thinking it's it's about something, but the real subject matter is actually completely different. So that's like a clickbait type concept. What is, you know, where it's something really intriguing. And I'll give an example. So a piece of content that I shared some time ago is probably still the number one sort of most viewed and interacted on pieces of content that I ever created. I think it got like over half a million impressions, about 1,800 people that took up the next step of, you know, what, what we were asking them to do, that type of thing. So the opening line was, this is not verbatim, but pretty close to, yeah. to what I said. So my best advice was close your LinkedIn account today. Let me share the backstory. Mm -hmm. That's all it said. Yeah. So people were like, oh, Adam's always talking about what we should be doing on LinkedIn. And now he's saying close our LinkedIn account. What, what yeah, we, we have to know what this, what this is yeah. all about. Yeah. So, and then, you know, when they opened it up, I just told a true story about a conversation I'd had with somebody who contacted us and wanted to do really spammy, terrible stuff on LinkedIn. And we just said, we don't do that. And LinkedIn doesn't need people like you doing that. Why don't you just close your account and, you know, go away. <laughs> and so the point being, though, is what Dwell Time's looking for is that people click see more. Mm -hmm. So as soon as that click see more happens, the algorithm goes, okay, this person stopped scrolling and they've been interested enough to click see more and see all the content. Now, if they click see more and, you know, a 
status post, which is you know, your written content on LinkedIn, allows you to have up to 3,000 characters of copy. I guarantee you, if you use, now remember before on our about section, I said use every one of those 2,600. In this case, do not use anywhere near that 3,000 characters. Mm-hmm. Now, it's harder to write short content than it is to write compelling long content. Yeah. So that's the mistake that often people make. They say, I'm creating all this fantastic copy, but it's so long, people go, oh, gosh, I'm not reading that, mm-hmm. and they move on. So the sweet spot is twelve to 1,500 characters of copy out of the 3,000 maximum. Mm-hmm. So keep that, and in a, like as a, in a word count, that's in the ballpark of 200 to 230 words as an idea. So the second thing is keep it, it's the short, short beats long almost every single time. Mm-hmm. And it also knows how long it takes for people. The algorithm knows how many characters is in that copy and it knows at a normal reading speed roughly how long it would take you to read that. So if people click see more, see it's really long and then move on or read the first paragraph and, and move on, they go, okay, it knows you weren't truly interested in that. So all these things affect, you know, how your content's going to perform. And the key thing is that when you post your content, now there's this myth, I'm going to bust this little myth today for you, that, uh, and I'm sure you've seen it, there's all this conjecture around what's the best day and time to post on oh, social media. 100%. And you see people asking it all the time. Yeah. And look, I'm not going to dive into what the reality is on Instagram or TikTok or wherever, because I don't know, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. It might be a good time. But what it can tell you on LinkedIn, there's no such thing as a best day or time. And the reason is because we're becoming a global community. And, mm. you know, like for me, as an example, I've got people that follow my content all over the world. So if you were to say, look, the best time of the day was to post it midday on Tuesday, I go, well, midday Tuesday, where? Where? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so the algorithms know that. And so there's no such thing as a best time because what it's going to do, if your content gets through the, what I'm going to share with you in a second is the critical things about getting traction, then what it does, it lets your content, that piece of content live in your, in people's feeds for up to seven days Mm -hmm. because it knows that you know people that follow you in the UK are going to be more active at a different time you know it's going to be almost you know the next day before that's the right time for them to see your content Mm. so it starts to serve your content to those people at a time they are normally active on LinkedIn so it's not about when you post it's about when your audience is is active and so the simple reality and thing that people should sort of take a lot of comfort in is there's no such thing as a best day or time what it is is how much traction your content gets in the first two hours so the best time is to post when you have a good audience so for us you know here in Australia that's probably going to be you know in our morning ish Mm -hmm. time because when you first upload your content this little bot comes along an algorithm it's and it's coming to look and see for reasons why it should suppress your content and here's why most people's content fails it's because they put a link in there that takes people off the platform they're using it as a marketing tool and as soon as the bot sees that link it doesn't care where that link goes. You could actually be linking to LinkedIn's own external blog and writing mm-hmm. content saying, hey, this is the best content ever created. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't read where it goes. It goes, is there a link that takes people off the platform? Yes. Okay, we're going to suppress this content. Mm-hmm. And your content just dies a natural death like right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean to say nobody can see it. It doesn't mean to say if I went to your profile, I couldn't see it. I can. They're not stopping you posting it. They're just going to make sure most people don't see it. 
Mm. So you've got to make sure you don't put, you know, links in there. And then let's say it doesn't have that. It only opens it up and lets somewhere around 8 to 10% of your connections and predominantly you know, ones who are in your local time zone see that content. And it just leaves it like that for roughly two hours. And then it comes back to see whether there's any interaction on that content. So what's actually the most critical thing is that you get traction in those first two hours and how you get that traction obviously is in how you craft that content. So in simple terms, you've got to create content that poses a question or poses a subject matter point of view. It's got to be aligned again to your, you know, your five topics that you create a mode. And in really simple terms, then ask a question. That's what it is. If you go and have a look at all my content, always ends with a question. What's your point of view on this? You know, have you seen this happen as well? You know, what would you do if this happened to you? you know, whatever the question is, and the reason is because it makes it really easy for people to share to their point of view. Yeah. To engage. Yeah. And once the algorithm sees that, you know, people are starting to engage on it, it goes, okay, well, if this subset of people were interested in this content, then clearly the your wider community is potentially interested in that content Mm. so then it opens it up and remember you've got now seven days so when people say i don't get traction what they should be doing is always measuring their analytics on day seven or day eight of the life of that content because that's where it's had you know there's certain cases where it can live for 14 days but in 95 percent of cases day seven is kind of where it'll sort of peter out and you know have lived its its life so to speak Mm, so a lot of interaction in the first two hours and then have a look at, at how that fares over seven days. My question is, is it possible to get good traction on LinkedIn with your content without being part of a LinkedIn pod? Well, you know, there's good pods and there's bad ones. Mm. So I'm not saying don't use them, but they've got to be really good quality ones. And and again, a mistake I often see people make is they, they create their own. They say, oh, I'm going to get a bunch of people in our company and we'll all interact on each other. Now, if everyone's part of the same organization, then that's going to be clearly obvious and, you know, you're still going to activate these suppressions and things like that. And of course, even if it's, you know, other ones I've seen where they'll be part of a networking community. So they're not all part of the same organization, but they might be this part of the same BNI group or, uh-huh. or, or yep. whatever it is. So, hey, let's all get together and we'll do this. The thing is, over time, it's still exactly the same people every single time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that doesn't sort of do you any favours as well. So the answer to is I know some people who get really good traction without using them. Mm-hmm. And I know the majority of people are using really you know, high quality pods that know how to operate correctly. Yes. So the answer is yes, you know, they can be very helpful in increasing that engagement. Just remember though, you know, if it's crappy content, then you're amplifying, you know, that crappy content. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you want to, again, if you're going to use a pod, make sure you, you're putting out really, really good quality content. And it can't be marketing style content because there's a big change to the algorithms in June this year. So literally, you know, only only six weeks ago. It's the biggest change that has happened in quite some time. Right. And so now the algorithms can tell the difference between 
marketing style content and thought leadership style content. Oh, interesting. Uh, and one of the terms they're using is Facebook-like content, mm-hmm. uh, which is not to say there's anything wrong with Facebook, but they're, you know, the type of content we might be used to and happy seeing on Facebook, like, you know, hey, what we did on the weekend or, you know, off on this trip or, hey, I'm you know, going to this event today, that type of stuff. Fine on Facebook, perfect place to put it, but that's not the content LinkedIn wants. Well, what I should say, it's not the content LinkedIn's going to uh, prefer. Yeah, prefer. So they're not going to, as I said, they're not going to stop you posting it. They're just going to make sure that nobody really sees it. Mm. So, so you've got to make sure the only content they like is that thought leadership, like subject matter expertise. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. the term that you'd use. Now, it's also their way of combating AI because we all know that you know. It's easier to create content now with things like ChatGPT and Bard and and all these cool tools. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not saying you shouldn't use them. 100% you should use them, but you should use them to get to first draft. Yes. Now, what LinkedIn knows is that, you know, AI tools, you know, can do the heavy lifting of creating content. But what it can't do is it can't put your personal point of view, your experience into that content. It's just, you cannot do that yet. <laughs> you know, the, the rate of change with AI, I'm not, I'm never going to say never, but right now it can't do that. And so what it's favoring is the content that does have that because they know it can't be written by by AI. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. You've, you've also got to, yeah, by all means, use these tools to, you know, do the research, you know, do all the, the heavy lifting. But then you've got to make sure it has your own personal sort of thought leadership style or subject matter expertise is, is the term I probably prefer. Mm-hmm. Leadership. And, and also ask a, a question at the end. That's the type of content LinkedIn wants to, fav, you know, to, to promote. And when it does get through all that, Sam, LinkedIn will then start to show your content. And this is what I mean by people even with only, say, more, you know, it's just rounded off. Let's say you've got a 1,000 connections. Mm-hmm. The maximum you can have is 30,000. Mm-hmm. You can't have more. Than, you know, so people come to me and say, oh, I know someone's got 100,000 connections on LinkedIn. I go, no, they've got 100,000 followers, not, not 100,000 yep. connections. There's a big difference. But you can only have a maximum of 30,000 connections. So I have 30,000 connections. Mm-hmm. I have near, almost near the maximum. But someone with 1,000 connections can get equally or more traction than I can because it's not about numbers anymore. It's about how relevant you, how much you stay true to those creator mode subject matters and how much subject matter expertise you're putting into that content. And as long as you can just get that initial, you know, couple of hours worth of interaction, then LinkedIn is actually then going to start show. This is what I mean. You, how people say, well, how come, you know, someone with 1000 connections can have their content, you know, get 10,000, 15,000 impressions. They don't even have that many connections. Mm-hmm. And the point is, is that LinkedIn knows that, Again, if we looked at, you know, we, you know, we've heard the term lookalike audiences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, lookalike means, you know, you might have a, a certain audience, but the platform knows all the other people that look like that audience. So the lookalike is that LinkedIn knows all the people that are interested in that particular topic. And so they'll start to actually show your content far and wide beyond just your own network. Mm. So it's yeah, it's not a not a matter of, I mean, it's a good thing to be building your connections for your lead generation purposes. It has no bearing on your content anymore. Mm, interesting. Let's make the switch to lead generation because, you know, as business owners, everything we do has to have that strategy to getting clients. We're not just creating content for the sake of creating it. It's to have our ideal clients find us. How can we use LinkedIn to 
connect with those right people. And I'm going to add a little piece here without it being spammy because, nice. God, there's yeah. some horrible stuff. I nearly <laughs> saw then. There are some really horrible tactics on LinkedIn right now. There are. And for anyone sort of watching or listening, just run that through your own filter. Like if you're thinking about, you know, doing or have done that type of marketing in the past, think about it in reverse, like, because I guarantee you, you've had it done to you as well. But how often did you interact on it? Like, mm. you know, almost almost never. So spamming out that type of approach will rarely ever work, whether it's on LinkedIn or anywhere else, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> uh, but we're just talking about LinkedIn today. So I guarantee you that that does not do well. There's also now, and again, a lot of people are not aware, there's actually an inbuilt spam filter into the direct message inbox. And if you're you know, using, say, automation or even if you're just using, well, you could even be doing it yourself or if you're using an assistant or someone to just punch out and say, oh, I'm going to send out 100 messages a day and it's exactly the same message to every single person, then they'll pick that up that it's really the same, you know, it's a marketing message. And the thing is, you they won't, again, they're not going to stop you punching them out. They'll let you waste all the time you like. Yeah. But they actually those messages are not even going into those people's inboxes anymore they're just getting diverted into the spam oh filter. interesting so yeah definitely that is not a, a valid strategy anymore for multiple reasons mm-hmm. but which is not to say there's not to say that there isn't a place to be doing direct messaging but what really works well on linkedin is you've got to first position yourself as that subject matter expert. So our profile's all optimised like we've just talked about. We're creating this awesome content that people like and interact on. And then, of course, you know, going to invite people to take a next step with us. The next step is never buy my stuff. It's, you know, because, you know, in marketing, everything is about people to just take one next step and one next step and one next step. So think about that very first interaction you have with people on LinkedIn should just be that one next step, which is to bring them off LinkedIn to something else. Now, that could be, you know, that you're hosting a webinar, as an example. Mm -hmm. So it's, hey, I'm hosting this free webinar. Would you like to come? And a link to the webinar. It could be that you have a free course. Mm -hmm. It just deepens the rule. Hey, you've got this free course. Yeah, and clearly it needs to be very targeted to the the people. I I remember getting one just recently that someone said, hey, we have an amazing solution for accountants like you. I was like... Really? Yeah, really done your research there. <laughs> yeah, nice one. But so make sure it's, you know, if you're going to do these messages that it is, you know, targeted to to the right type of people, of course. So yeah, anyway, it could be a free course. It could be, uh, actually, you know what, it's, what's not working that well is, you know, for authors saying, you know, hey, would you like a free download of my best-selling book? No, it's not working well. No, because if, you, and again, if you think that through, the reason is, is, Okay, you or me or I might be willing to give away a copy of our book for free, mm-hmm. but the recipient has to invest five or six hours mm-hmm. to read it. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm not saying you don't do that, but normally how we would do that is, you know, got this amazing assessment that, you know, it's going to show you where, how well you're doing in these four different areas of LinkedIn, which are the ones we're talking about now. And when you complete that, if you'd like, you can have a free copy of my best selling book, Influencer, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So, we add it as an add on, you know. Yeah, okay. 
So it's things like that. So assessments or things that that next step has to be something of value to people and where they see value in taking that next step with you. And generally speaking, you want them to probably give over their email address, you know, put them into your into your CRM. So every strategy that we do is always has two main goals. One is to bring them to an event that we're running. Mm-hmm. So 10 times a year, we host an online events mm-hmm. and six times per year, we host live events, which are around Australia and New Zealand. So our entire strategy is just to get people to come to one of those events. And secondly is, of course, is by registering for those events, then they've given us permission to, you know, put them into our CRM Mm -hmm. so that we can then be sort of interacting with them off the platform. So LinkedIn's key goal in lead generation, you should be using the platform to position your authority in the the subject matter that you're authoritative of. Mm -hmm. And using that authority to get people to willingly take a next step that moves them off the platform. Mm. Almost zero times will you ever see us promote. Now, you know, we have programs and things that run from $200 a month up to $6,000 a month, but we're never promoting those on LinkedIn. They're always the next step. People will take, yeah, they'll come to our webinar and then they'll be interested in one of those after that. So it's always, you know, next step, next step, next step. Mm. So, so the key is you'll sell more by selling less. Mm, love it. It's just like dropping the breadcrumbs that lead to the gingerbread house. That's it. Now, you just mentioned you've got an assessment. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think that this will be super helpful for people to put together everything that you've talked about today. Yeah, it's exactly what it is, Sam. We put this assessment together so that people can get a, a ranking. On, there's four different pillars that we're talking about that are the key to a successful lead generation strategy. And so it will give you a ranking of how well you're doing in each of those four. Uh, It'll just ask you some simple questions. They're just all tick box type of answers and take you about five minutes to do it. And then it'll give you a very detailed report at the end saying, hey, look, you're doing well here, not so well here. If you're not doing well here, then this is what you need to do next. And at the end, yes, you can also get a free copy of one of my books. So yeah, I think that over 2000 people have, have taken that assessment now. And it also aligns with the rankings that LinkedIn give you in their like what they call SSI, which is social selling index scores. Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll give you a ranking like that, like where you need to be. Little spoiler alert on that one is you need to score above 70. If your score's below 70 or below, then there's work to do. Ah, awesome. So where can people go to be able to do that assessment? If you like, I'll, I'll share the link to it because the, the URL is... Is, is, is super long. Convoluted. Or they can go to, if they go to my LinkedIn profile, go to the featured section there. The very first thing you see in there is a link to that assessment, but I'll share it with you. You can share it out with everyone afterwards if you like perfect so connect with adam on linkedin say adam houlihan on linkedin otherwise just scroll below in the app you're listening to we'll make sure the link's there or get the link over at influencedbydesignpodcast.com. Adam, thanks so much for sharing everything today. You've certainly opened my eyes up to a couple of the little tips and tricks that are going to be able to make a LinkedIn presence more popular. And I think there's still a lot of, well, actually, I don't think, I know there's still a lot of opportunity on LinkedIn, even though there's some people that are saying it's, you know, not a fun place to be at the moment. I'm sure you're hearing that too, but there's still a lot of opportunity here on LinkedIn if we can get it right. It certainly is. And it just literally comes down to knowing what you're doing. That's And that's the difference, as you mentioned right at the very start, what's the difference between the people who are getting good traction and not? 
is the people who know all the stuff we've just shared. They're the ones that are getting good traction and the people who don't are the ones who aren't. Yeah. Love it so much. Thank you so much for coming and sharing all your value today. I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com.